Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vettebacher. And I'm Kenton Larson. And Kenton, our students are now feverishly working on producing their infamous Toad Hall Toys ads. Which you had them do last semester. I already blocked those out of my mind. (laughs) Them too. Them too. Get ready to relive it. I bet Um, you they hated their ads that they wrote. Well, uh, some of them did. And I do give them the option to re-pitch and redo it if they want to. Um, Because some of them, you know, just had a bad experience. I mean, that's one of the first assignments Mm -hmm. they do in Crecom. So they're, they're often not great. Although some of them... We're happy with it. You do offer yeah. uh, something. This is actually good for anybody listening who's going into Crecom. You offer the option of, of having them fix it and resubmit for it for the client. So the ones who had done that yeah. were good to go. That's right. They were like, boom, okay, let's go record it, and they were done. The ones who didn't do that and maybe had some extra work to do or maybe just didn't want to make that ad were, were actually working at new, on new creative today. To yeah. it. So we did a. We did I a, warned them, by the way, too. And yeah. I say this is going to come back to haunt you, just like in the, in real life. <laughs> and even the, and I even give them the added potential bonus of the cli- if the client chooses and the client chooses between one and three ads every year. It's up to her. Yeah. Oh, actually, between none and three, because in some years she's like, I don't think so, not this year. <laughs> uh, and then other years she's like, three. There's three I really like. So this year she chose one, and uh, whoever she chooses as being her favorite gets a ten out of ten. Awesome. Pretty good. That's cool. Yeah, um, and and so we talked. We had a bit of a talk today about radio stations and and where the different jobs are for Crecoms and that kind of stuff. And we will go through those in more depth right, later on the semester. But today we're just focusing on cre- um, ad creative and mm-hmm. writing ads. And in the process, I also. Uh, play for them some of the signature award nominees from oh. past years. I found a great playlist on on SoundCloud. I don't think the Who ad association. Uh, I don't know. It was by, by the ad association, but it, it, I don't think it's been updated in a few years. So if you go to the ad association's website for the signatures, you'll see the current nominees or the past mm-hmm. for the last ceremony. Um, but they've got probably about five or six years worth of nominees on the SoundCloud uh, playlist. And so I played some of those, and, and it's so funny. Some of them were like, Kenton would hate that. Let's do, yeah, let's do that. probably. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, it's got this and this, and he said not to do this. I'm like, oh, he's got a good point. Somebody should <laughs> talk to somebody should talk to uh, the radio station about that and, and that kind of stuff. But the funniest ones I played, and I love these ads, but maybe it's just because I'm the target audience. Are these? Um, I don't know if you ever listen to the Jets games on TSN sure. radio. So the, you often will hear these for the vasectomy clinic, oh, the, yeah. the, the vasectomy rag. There's a song. Uh, about getting a vasectomy, and then there's a rap version as well, which I oh, never heard before. No, the rap version's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, it's a little song about uh, about a guy getting a vasectomy. You don't want to have kids anymore and stuff like that. It's really really funny. We love our kids. They're two and four, but we really don't want to have more. So get a vasectomy. Okay. If you wanna have sex with me. I do. So we'll book us an appointment today with Dr. J. Dr. J. Buenafe offers a no-needle, no-scalpel vasectomy performed in less than 10 minutes. Visit vasectomymanitoba.ca. Uh, the, the students didn't think it was quite as funny as I did, but again, I'm the target audience for that. So. Well, uh, every year I play them. I don't. I don't play them tons of radio creative before they write one. Yeah. Because I, I because then everything will sound like that. Right. So I play them. Um, Real Men of Genius is the right. one I, my yep, traditional go to. And what I like about it is when I say to the students, "What's that ad about?" Like to get the idea of the creative big idea. It's very hard for people to express in words what the idea is. And that's the whole point. The whole point is an ad needs an idea. And, um, you know, an ad needs to accomplish something. And for most people, when they hear that audio ad, which, by the way, is the most awarded ad ever at the Cannes International 
uh, ad fest. Yeah, Lions. Uh, yeah. Right, right. And uh, so I usually play for students, and they're like, "That's terrible." <laughs> and I go, "Oh, really?" I said, "Really? The most awarded audio ad at the sort of the premium cream of the crop uh, place that awards these ads." I'm like, "Terrible, really?" Or do you think there's just something there that's not that you're not getting? And so that that's a whole discussion, but it happens every year. Yeah. It started happening five years ago, and the first student's like, "I don't, I don't like it very much." I was like, "Well, you're a moron," because, <laughs> and, you know, like I was so surprised that somebody right. wouldn't enjoy that ad. I was just like, "Well, there's no accounting for taste, and yours is bad." <laughs> well, there right, you go. Okay. All right, so so, uh, so 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 it's a similar thing. So if yeah. they didn't like it, that might be a sign of its quality. We should uh, take a look at. It. I mean, I guess, I guess we've got the Super Bowl coming up soon, so we'll talk yeah. about those ads. Uh, but we should, whenever that signatures, whenever the the nominees come out, we should take a look at those mm-hmm. and talk about like something on a local level. I know we may alienate some of our audience by talking about local uh-huh. content gets you local business or whatever that saying is, yeah. but. Uh, but it's still interesting to see. I, I like to point out the difference between local creative and, um, and and specifically for me, local radio station creative and agency creative yeah. and national creative. Very and different. The difference. The, I mean, the yeah. money they put into it, the the, the work and stuff is yeah. very very different. So that's kind of what I'm trying to get through to the students and to tell them there is a job. If you want to write radio ads, there is absolutely jobs in the city for that. You can get a job yeah. at any radio station doing that. So. Well, I, I spent the morning four hours in a row looking at Google. <laughs> As like, which is why I'm bleary eyed and I can't formulate a sentence. But uh, when you look at that and see how how the target what the targeting opportunities are, you just look at traditional media and just go like, oh, what a nice bygone era that yeah, was. You know, a bit of that. where you can't track anything. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, you have to trust. You have to trust that yeah. people were getting the message. Numerous so measured it was the ratings. More, it was yeah. more um, like I think about newspaper advertising. It was more uh, somehow. You like to feel that you were getting the reach that they said you were getting, oh. whereas now, of course, the internet has proven all that wrong. So, so we were never getting the reach that they promised us. But the oldest anyway. saying in advertising is, "I'm wasting my half of my money. I just don't know which half." Yes, of course, right. everyone yeah. knows that. Um, and when you look at like things like Nielsen rating or Numeris, and I, I explained to the students how, and you do too, how the ratings get measured. That's where you really see like you mean. Nielsen's got this thing with buttons on the front that people press when they're in the room. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> like, is there any opportunity for problems that you see here? Yeah, and once yeah, you yeah. start breaking it down, you're like, I think I know where I'm wasting half my money. Right. Like, it just makes sense. But, you know, that's not a that's not a great saying when you're spending $5 million on a 30-second Super Bowl ad. <laughs> right. Because exactly. you're wasting $2.5 million. Yeah. If sure. you believe that, so right. anyway, we're gonna we'll table that conversation for another oh. day. We'll talk about more advertising stuff in future episodes, and probably Super Bowl ads. Oh yeah, so we'll definitely tackle That's this. in a couple. We'll weeks. tackle the Super Bowl ads. Wah, wah. Okay, wah, never wah, mind. Wah. All right, let's I'm, get I'm into. I'm gonna call an audible boo. and suggest that we move on. That sounds good. Let's talk. Let's uh, get into the nerd news. He's gonna throw a hail mary <laughs> to the nerd news. I don't have the intro. I don't have the intro, but let's, let's, we got a clip to get into it here. You and I should huddle about this before the podcast. Okay, I'm oh going to cut all those puns out. <laughs> I'm just going to keep mine. Nerd news. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 
but then we all went. All right, that's Terry Jones, of course. We got the sad news today that Terry Jones of Monty Python has passed away at age oh. 77. Uh, and yeah, it was, I mean, this one, I mean, we've already had, it's only January and we've already had a number of notable celebrity deaths, but this is tough. I'm a big uh, Monty Python fan and Terry Jones is always one of my favorites of that group and it's going to oh. be a, it's a big loss for sure. Yeah. And, uh, John Cleese, as usual, had a nice tribute to him on Twitter and then said, uh, two down, four to go. <laughs> In true, said, in true Python yes. fashion, that's really funny. Yeah, and actually, John <laughs> John Cleese's uh, recent performance in Winnipeg was called "Come See Me Before I Die." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, last chance to see me before I die. I yeah. think it was called, but I think he might have another visit in him. Oh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, and that one would be called "I Lied When I Told You It Was Your Last Chance yeah. to See Me Before I." But he die. can get away with that, right? That, yeah. That's kind of the thing about Python is that it's so. Um, anti-establishment is so kind of in your face that it's just like you, they can get away with whatever they want. They say uh. by saying it was a joke, everything was a joke, and it's true. And, and Python, what I love about Terry um, Terry Jones is there's a couple different things. Like he's that that clip is from Life of Brian, which is my favorite. Python film. I love Life of Brian. Oh. And he plays the the mother of Brian, who is the Messiah. Graham Chapman is the Messiah, the Jesus figure, if you will, in that film. And I love when now uh, one of the one of the things of, of Monty Python is them dressing up as women. That was they were like one of the first groups to really do that quite a bit, influencing tons of other troops like the kids in the hall and other other groups to do that as well. But there's a difference between like sometimes when other members of Python and probably most of the kids in the hall would do like when they dress as a woman, they would just kind of adopt a more softer, maybe more feminine version of their voice yeah. to to portray a woman. Not him. He goes full fal falsetto and it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Does not even sound close to a real voice. But it's hilarious. That's oh. what I love about it. Like he just does this ridiculous, like guy doing a woman's voice. That's so bad. It's it's funny. I love uh, it. Yeah, and uh, one of the weird things about living in the modern world is that young people are unfamiliar with Monty Python. Oh man, that's a tragedy. And, yeah, it really is. You guys, got, it's got to be. Where is it available? It's got to be available somewhere on Amazon, maybe Prime. Where 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 you can stream it? Yeah, the movies. That's or anything. I think. Oh, maybe it's on Netflix. You're I'll look. check that. I, I don't know up. that it is. I probably would have seen a. Probably would have I thought seen I it saw it before. somewhere. Maybe it might have been Crave. I don't know. Continue. I, no I noticed uh, that the uh, older students in class uh, were far more familiar with Monty Python than the younger ones. Okay. And uh, there was uh, one of our second-year students tweeted uh, the picture of the John Cleese poster and said, I have no idea who this guy is, but uh, this is a funny poster, <laughs> she tweeted. Something <laughs> like that. And I was like, holy. And I ran into her in the hallway, and I was like, you should go see him. You should go see yeah. him. Yeah. If you don't know who Mon what Monty Python is and John Cleese is in town, I think you should go see that. Monty Python on Prime, not not on Netflix. Oh, there, yeah, there, well, there's a couple documentaries. Yeah, those are good documentaries. Oh, I know it's got to be available somewhere. I, but, I well, just... iTunes for sure. Yeah, but there was it wasn't a streaming service for a while. If it wasn't, oh, man. Maybe it's Crave. Welcome to the world we live in. I know. This sucks, right? 90% of my time is typing Parasite into every streaming service to find out where I can see Parasite. And I end up just buying the mofo on iTunes for $14. <laughs> I just gave up. I'd rather well, pay. Well, it, it's. Uh, I'd you rather bought it? You bought Parasite? Yes, because oh, Jesus. I'd rather pay $14 and have it and watch it than wait forever. 
And uh, that's what it was coming. And of to. course, this all di- different oh, no results on crave. No, uh, this all depends on where you uh, live. Yeah. Um, on in in the on, like your different rights to different things, right? So it might be available on Netflix in the states, but not here in Canada. Yeah, I can't find. I checked Netflix, Crave, and uh, and Prime Video. It's not on either of those ones. So I don't know where it was. I could have sworn I saw. I'd seen it well, at some point. Things they had come old and go. episodes, right? Exactly. They it's come another and frustrating go. Part of this, you can't track it. Yeah, yeah, because it comes and goes, and, and now, but they pulled it all because he died. Yeah because they want to make money off of it now. That's, this is the problem yeah. with it. This that is, is why I have never gotten rid of DVDs that mean something right. to me. Yeah. Because one day, maybe it'll be hard to see them. And uh, that includes Star Wars, the or, the original versions, <laughs> you know, some of that stuff. And and who the hell knows what Disney might do on their streaming service in, ter- in terms of like, Star Wars is going to go away for a while. Don't worry, it'll it, come put back. Put it in the vault. Yeah, the, right. they always do, right. Well, so, but we don't know how, the, how that's going to work on the new Disney+. Plus. So, so there's things like that to think about. But I have all the pythons on uh, DVD to, and take, all the faulty towers too oh, for I love that, that matter. Show. Yeah. I used to take those out of the library actually quite oh. often when I was a kid. I'd go down to the yeah. library and take out like it was on VHS actually take out a couple of tapes of Monty mm-hmm. Python seasons whatever and of course it was on PBS and different yeah. uh, stations here but yeah such a good uh, such a good show and a great performer didn't do much else other than Python stuff like he did a little bit here and there he was part of I didn't know that he wrote Labyrinth I had no idea he wrote oh. an early version of that script oh, yeah. and was in Labyrinth I didn't know either and uh so there's that kinds of stuff here and there, but he didn't do a ton of work outside of that. He was a um, he was a historian, and he did, he wrote some books about history and that kind of stuff. But mm. yeah, other than doing Python related stuff, he didn't do. He was not. He's probably the quietest of the existing Python, the living Pythons, uh, you know, so of those other ones. Because a lot of them, John Cleese, Eric Idle, went on to uh, to great fame, but he didn't. He was kind of a little bit in the background, a little bit. But I think he yeah. was happy. He was happy with that. Well, there's so. two Terrys as well. There's Terry Jones and Terry, Terry Gilliam. Gilliam. Terry Gilliam went on to be the, yeah. the director. Yeah. Um. And uh. And then Terry Jones just kind of faded off. But again, I loved his uh, so many great characters. He was also the uh, the fat man in uh, oh. Meaning of Life. The the great one of the most memorable. We pipe. watched that yeah. scene in my oh. high school high school uh, history class to talk about. Uh, capitalism and all oh. the all the the symbolism the of that satire. whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was like, wow, it just blew me away, literally, because not literally, but he gets blown up in it anyway. It's a yeah. very very funny scene. So rest in peace, Terry Jones. Uh, you will be missed absolutely. Uh, the next uh, nerd news story actually kind of touches on what you're saying about digital things and how we don't really own them. Uh, EA announced this week that it's pulling. Uh, it's Tetris game from the iTunes store, the iOS store, I guess, the app store for iPhones, and which also means that it won't work on your iPhone after April 21st, which I think is a weird thing to happen. So there is a Tetris game. Did you say why? I, I didn't I didn't read that far into it. Ah. <laughs> so um, they lost maybe, they, probably they lost the license, I'm guessing. Like there's so many different things with Tetris going on. Um, it's one of those games that really... Everybody had a version of at one point, and maybe they're sorting out all the legalities of it now and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, they are pulling it. Um, maybe it's also to create a, a, a more profitable version of it because the version that's on the store right now and people have on their phones has almost no uh, freemium content, no like watch ads for points or any of that kind of crap. It's just Tetris, like it's just a basic Tetris game, which is very, very simple. One of the most popular video games in the world, and you just download it and play it. But these days, to in order to make something successful, quote unquote successful on the App Store, it's got to have all these different in-game purchases and and advertising and other ways to make money. And this this version of that game doesn't have that, so I suspect that could be the reason why they're pulling it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the weird thing is that usually when a when a game gets shut down on the app store 
you, if you have it on your phone, you can still play it until it doesn't work with whatever version of iOS. Like, so it'll take a couple of years. Like uh, Flappy Bird was the qu classic example of that. Remember Flappy Bird, right? Uh, made by some guy for for fun, mm -hmm. became incredibly popular. It looked like he was going to get sued for using like some Mario-like elements in that game. So he pulled it, but people still had it on their phones and could yeah. still play it until, I think, whenever it, it didn't get supported by iOS. But in this case, the game will stop working on your phone if you have it. And that's just weird to me that they they can do that. That's so happened you don't a really few own, times You don't apps. really own anything. Like People yeah. can just pull it. If it's not a physical copy, yeah. like your DVD collection, the company can just pull it off the internet and, and they will have it. And you don't yeah. have it anymore. So... That's that's kind of a frustrating thing, I, I imagine, for a lot Every of people. Every once in a while, I'll, uh, I'll look at my uh, iOS apps and go, which ones do I hardly look at? And I'll get, click around a little bit, and and there was always going to be a few that no longer are supported or that uh, just yeah. have shut down. So, uh, that, you know, one it's always something to look for, but that maybe we need to go back to VHS cartridges. and <laughs> or, or Go back to our Atari 2600. Yeah, that's right. Those in television cartridges, nobody could pull those from your, <laughs> car, from my cold dead hands. I'll, they could I'll, try. I'll say this: if you're interested yeah. in the history of Tetris, there's a really great video by a guy called the Video Game Historian, and it's like a almost a full hour video on YouTube talking about the history of Tetris and the guy who made it in Russia and mm -hmm. how he made no money from it because it was owned by the Russian government and blah blah blah. It was a really really interesting story behind uh, Tetris. So. That's a, that's a good watch uh, if in, you're into that kind of stuff. In Russia, party find Tetris. <laughs> that's a thank you. That's a yeah, so Yakov, Yakov Smirnov yeah, yeah, doing yeah. Tetris jokes. <laughs> All right, and final item on the nerd news today: uh, the uh, the results are in, and Doolittle has is officially the oh. first mega bomb of 2020. Uh, and like this we is, couldn't of course, see that well, coming. Uh, we called it when yeah. the trailer dropped. We both said this is, it looks like crap. And boy, did everybody else agree. Uh, something like, okay, it's $175 million, but, but that's the budget, not including marketing, which is probably another 175 So we're talking almost $350 well, million. They, they paid uh, Twitter to have uh, promoted trend do little for oh, a man. few days for a week in advance or something. I think I saw it there. And it was only like desperate. Desperation. Yeah, guess how yeah. much you want to take a guess how much it made over the weekend? I think I this saw is it was US. 30 million. Yeah, 30 yeah. million dollars, 17 overseas. Oh, which is pathetic. Usually it does better overseas. I bet you made Eddie Murphy laugh. <laughs> I'm sure it did. His were successful. Yeah, no, his were fine. Yeah. Um and yeah, everybody's pointing to like just the absurdity of the not the, not the premise, but the uh, like there were so many rewrites and it's just completely yeah. nonsensical when you get into the third act. And, you know, every scene has, like, some kind of animal poking its head in randomly and going, booyah, or saying some kind of oh. weird saying. Like, it's full of that kind of crap and just overly just panned by critics. Everybody hates this movie. So not <laughs> a good not a good first outing for RDJ after the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, yeah. you Me know. Meanwhile, the li the vital signs on Iron Man are looking stronger every day. <laughs> well, so, yeah, right, yeah. He's starting to come yeah. back. We'll have, like a, we we'll have a prequel yeah. just like we're going to have for Black Widow. I like to but, remind people, Iron Man died for Doolittle. All right. I just want you to get your mind around that. They can make it. They can youngify him on. Uh, you know, they can do the CGI young youngifying thing, so they can make a prequel to Iron Man or something like that, or something that took place between Iron Man two and three. Nobody's or, dead and geek right. movie. Dumb. But uh, what I would like to see.
see him do. Like, he is a very good actor. But if you think back to his roles he had before all this started, and I know that he was in a bit of a slump in his career when he started doing the Marvel movies, but, like, he was very good in films like Chaplin and uh, Less Than Zero and, and all kinds of stuff. So I'd like to see him go more dramatic. I know he has no financial issues. He's making made a ton of money from the Marvel franchise, but I think the only thing left for him to do is to try and get an Oscar. If you really think about it as an actor, what else do you want, right? Yeah. So he's got to go for some Oscar bait at some point. I'm I'm surprised that he hasn't done that. I'm surprised with Doodle being his first movie out of the gate after after that. Well, yeah, because that's that's like an Iron Man role. It's like a it's a, like Iron Man even surprised Robert Downey Jr. I think in terms of being well, as popular it, as it was. I mean, he's been acting yeah. with CGI for the last ten years, so yeah. maybe that's why because yeah. he's good at he thinks he's good at acting with CGI. Like he got sick of putting on the phony helmet with the camera in his face, where he pretends to be in the Iron I think Man. It's just a box he sticks his face into. I think yeah, that's all it is. It's got to look terrible. <laughs> they, I, have they ever showed us shown us? What I, that know, looks like? I don't think so. Um, it's got to be awful. It's got to be just like a yeah. box he sticks his face into yeah. and, and acts while he's in it. Yeah. So Pepper, could you put? Push the button on the AZ-159. Yeah, like I love that. that sh- sh- I love that shot. Like, yeah. to me, that's like the iconic Iron Man kind of heads-up display with all the stuff flying around his face. I yeah. love that look, but it, it's completely not a realistic shot as far as, like, they could no. not get a camera close enough to no. do that. That shot is from yeah. outside his helmet, basically. That's anyway. that's the iconic, we paid this actor a billion dollars to do we got to show his face. Yeah, that's... Well, and, and as the movies went on, they found yeah. more and more reasons for him to get out of the suit. Like, like yeah. by the end of it, he was barely ever in that suit yeah. just when they actually had to fight, right? That was the only time he ever put that suit on. So, yeah, yeah. and he, it came down to him wearing, like, a track suit and tapping his chest and then the suit's there. Like, it just kind of got ridiculous by the end of it. As I say, but they did stop it before my prediction that we'd see a dog in Iron Man armor. I said, it's a bound to happen. We will see it. <laughs> well, it's going to fly see, we'll around. We'll see Pepper and we'll see the kid. Yes. Oh, God. And then we'll see the dog. That's going to yeah. be the next, next oh, step. Oh, please, no. <laughs> so good. So this is good news for Iron Man fans, in other words. I guess. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go back to it, but I don't Oh, know. come on. We'll see. We'll see what he does. He might, yeah, not, he might yeah. not care. He might. He, he, they paid him $20 million. He might be happy with the paycheck, but... It's got to hurt his reputation a little bit. Unfortunately, I think Captain America, he's in, he, uh, Captain America himself is in uh, Knives Out, right? Yes, he is. So unfortunately, he was in a successful movie. That was a good movie, movie yeah. Which means he, things he aren't looking to, good for Captain but that America. Was, but that was the difference between what, what Chris Evans did. Yeah. He did films like like um, Snowpiercer and these kind of oddly, he was in Scott Pilgrim, although I think that was before the Captain yeah. America thing. But he's picked some of these fun little movies to be in yeah. other than Captain America films. And I think and he's not chosen... Fantastic Four either, which well, is shit. That was also pre-Captain America, right? But I yeah. think he had the right idea with that. And he's the best part of that movie. Let's yeah. be honest. It's a crap movie, but yeah, he's he... actually pretty good. That's true. Um, so I think that he had the right idea by kind of picking these interesting little roles to do. So he has a range of work mm-hmm. and you can show it. So while RDJ, he did all his range of work before Iron Man, yeah. right? And then he just spent the last decade being one, one character. So. Right. Right. Anyway, all right, that's going to do it for the nerd news. When we come back, we're going to talk about podcasting on the Media Nerds podcast. Would you welcome Mr. Bill Cosby? I want to show a fascinating interview we found from 1991. Bill Cosby was on CNN promoting a book. He tells an interesting story. Take a look. And Drop you put it, it in, in Coca-Cola. the Coca-Cola. Don't Hot. matter. It doesn't make it. And the girl would drink it. And she's sure. Hello, America. <laughs> I survived being drugged and sexually assaulted by Bill Cosby. Drugged and sexually assaulted. Drugged and sexually assaulted. Sexually assaulted. Assaulted by Bill Cosby. At that time in 65, I was 17. 
He took everything from us. All right, this came up in conversation uh, yesterday with some friends as I was recommending. I, I discovered a new podcast yesterday on my mm-hmm. iTunes feed, and it occurred to me, and I'll talk about that in a second, but it occurred to me that I have not been finding a lot of new podcasts to listen to lately. And I don't know why, if it's because I'm becoming more picky about what I want to listen to, if there's too much crap out there or, or what it is, but I thought I'd ask you about what you've been listening to and how you choose which podcast to listen to. The one I started listening to was uh, Chasing Cosby. Have you listened to that one yet? I know of it, but I have not listened to it. Yeah, so that that popped up in my feed, and it looked interesting. I love that the logo is of a Cosby sweater, like, being unraveled, which is a great great visual. (laughs) Um, And people are like, well, why would you want to listen to that? Who wants to hear about that awful thing that he did? And to me, it's more – it's true that he did awful things, but to me, it's more about, like, why – he, why did he get away with it for so long? Um, why did it, when, when the news first broke in 2005, why didn't it stick then? Why did it take till 2014? And and what's his name? Um, uh, shoot, what's the name of the comedian that, that kind of brought that back? Oh, uh, I went to see him. Uh, Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal, Hannibal Burris. Burris. His, yeah. his bit um, blew up on the internet and then it took off. Then yeah. people started paying attention. But 10 years earlier, it didn't. And they had a number of, of women coming forward. Like in 2005, and, and mm. accused him of this, and he'd been doing it for 30 plus years. So there's there's some like those aspects of the story I'm interested in. I know that you know obviously he's serving time and he's in jail. He's he's in jail for the rest of his life for what he did, and and that kind of stuff. But I'm just curious about and the, the production value is very good and it's a good, very well told. And, and the host is a a woman who started covering the story for the Philadelphia newspaper mm. back when it first broke. So she's been with this for the entire time. So it's a great uh, source. They're interviewing a lot of the women who who were his victims. Anyway, it's a, it's a very interesting podcast and it's well told, but it's the first one I've listened to in a long time. Hmm. The first new one I've listened to in a long time. So I was wondering, what what do you do when well, you well, podcast? Well, I've changed up uh, my habit forming behavior lately because last last year I started. Uh, I always start the day with Adam Carolla's podcast, and I don't always d- agree with him, but I find him hilarious. I think he's it's like a, a morning show for you. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a a comic mind that and he makes me laugh out loud at least once a podcast. So I really like him. Um, but then toward the end of last, so end of November, he had Donald Trump Jr. on his podcast. Oh, no. And I was like, this is a bridge too far for me. So I was just like, I'm going to take a little break from that podcast. Is he a Trump supporter? Um, he was on. I know the, he was on The Apprentice. Yeah. Uh, well, he does not. I don't think he's an anything supporter. And so he'll have anybody on his podcast. Okay. I think there's some of that. And it's not like. You know, if it was a parade of right wingers, I definitely wouldn't listen to it. But it isn't. It isn't. But that for me was like I need a break. <laughs> I All like, right, fair enough. I'm not downloading this and giving him the uh, the download. I'm not doing it because um, you know, you know what matters to the whole Trump family. Was it a record-setting download? That's all right. they'd want to yeah, know. That's it. Yeah. So, so I didn't listen, and then I and then I was kind of like, ah, you know, at the end of November, I'm going to try to change it up a bit. So that's what I did, and instead. I did a whole marathon on the long form podcast, and that's a podcast that interviews writers um, about, and, and it's usually like magazine or book writers that have recently done something, written something that's gotten a lot of attention, or uh, maybe a uh, just published a book or that kind of thing. And it's always great. You always like um, hear interesting people, and it's a and long form is the is the name of you know long long writing right but the podcast is a deep podcast so i really enjoyed listen listening to it but in terms of adding new podcasts to what i listen to um 
I've added a few in the last year, but not many. Not yeah, many. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know if do you think. Where, where do you find the time? Well, that and and do you think there's just too much out there? Like, uh, I mean, well, when I've uh, and and I I had got to one point where I'd been like I had my certain shows I like and I listen to every week, but I they're all weekly podcasts. The thing about Adam Carolla is that it's a daily podcast. You oh, can't listen to it every day. And it's two podcasts now. Like, so they do okay. it's the first half and the second half. Okay. The first half is whatever events of the day. The second half is um, an interview and the news. And so it's almost like a commute to work and home from work kind of a thing. You're trying to... It's like, clearly an attempt to do something like to, that. To mimic uh, terrestrial yeah. radio. Yeah. Okay, because, yeah, most of the ones I listen to are weekly podcasts, and so, but I would be through them by the by midweek. I'd, yeah. listen, I'd listen to all my podcasts, and there was nothing else that was interesting to me. So I was I would go, of course, there's, there's recommendations from friends, and mm. the students, I have students listen to podcasts all first semester. If you search the podlog, hashtag podlog on Twitter, you'll see hundreds of tweets from students recommending what they're listening to. But I find there's a bit of a disconnect between what the students like and what I like. Like there's a, a, a podcast called Call Call Her Daddy, which is these two 20-something young women talking about sex and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, mm, this isn't for me. This is not the <laughs> podcast for me. So, But some students love it. They swear by it. They think it's hilarious. So there's a number of those kinds of things going and yeah, and, and I do go through the kind of like I, I kind of flip around what's what's trending on the on the main page. I did find one called um, our fake history, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a hit or miss. It's like if I'm not interested in the subject, I don't listen to it every week. So I find uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of crap out there now, and I'm having a hard time sifting through that to find a good podcast that I really enjoy. Well, I become more choosy too. Like I don't listen to every Mark Mara and I listen to one out of 10. Maybe. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that's pushing it for me. Yeah. Like unless he's got somebody of really like, even the one he had uh, Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt on, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to hear it like that. Oh. That's just a, pro, that's just a promotional dig, gig for their oh, movie. Like, yes. I and I listened to some of it. I couldn't make it through. Like, I, I just don't, I'm not interested in that. Like the, the, what is it called? The, the junket, the press yes. junket podcast. I don't like those. Every time I've heard that, like a podcast recorded in the context of a press junket, it's just not great. It's yeah. rushed. They're the people there are upset because they're there for an hour when it's usually ten minutes. They're like, "Why do I have to sit here for this long?" Yeah, that kind of stuff. I'm not a fan. Well, speaking of the uh, Joe Rogan, who I used to listen to every podcast, but they're three hour they're, they're three hour shots. So yeah, I've never I've you never know what we're talking yeah. about. Um, but this week he had Bill Maher on because Bill Maher has come back to HBO after his break i was like oh maybe this will be good and it was actually fascinating it was really good and lots of insights into culture and tv and bill maher of course isn't a guy who holds back his opinion so there's some good stuff there um and i was like really happy to listen to it but that's to me not is the exception now not the rule so you said yeah you have to pick and choose and the stuff starts to pile up and you start to go okay when do I listen to this? When do I listen to that? Long form is a podcast I enjoy binging. I enjoy six of them in a row kind of thing. Whereas other ones, I couldn't do it. So it depends on the podcast. So, and you ever have that thing where you're like, you haven't downloaded this podcast in a while. Oh, you yeah, want, yeah. It gives you that. I'm like, oh, crap, yeah. I haven't. Um, so, yeah, for me, like, I and I did try listening. See right here, it says not interested anymore. You haven't listened to the show in a while. So we stopped downloading episodes to this device. And that's for Rumble with Michael Moore, which yeah. I listened to one episode of and I, I didn't. It wasn't for me. It was too too far to the left too much of him we have to rally the we have to get everybody out to vote. i mean i understand he's he's you know very passionate about getting he's Trump very out of he's very pro bernie yeah uh, and and uh to a fault i'd say yeah, he's yeah, pro yeah. bernie but i still like what he has to say uh, his guests on the show like i agree with you some of those guests i listened to and i was like ah uh, like 
it, it, what they have to say is interesting, but it's a one-note interesting. Yeah. Where, where you sort of go, all right, uh, let's uh, hear more. And then if if uh, if it just sounds like they're going to say the same thing over and over, it's less interesting. But, I mean, I, I'm interested. I'm always interested. Like, Michael Moore went to see the impeachment, for instance. Yeah, that's right. I listened to that episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. like, things like that. That's interesting. That, that that's. Uh... I, like, I like that he was recording it on the train on the way back. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Like, and he's like, oh, we're passing Philadelphia and that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, I like Podcastle that we're bringing you to, like, his world a little bit, which is interesting. But, yeah, as far as, like, his guest episodes where he has, like, people he interviews, I'm, like, not really a yeah. fan of that. Um, are there, are there, have there, have you come across any really bad podcasts that you listen to and you're like, mm. no, forget it? Uh, once in a while it happens, but it's rare. Like, uh, I can't remember like the you last You have to one. really be, you're right. We, we don't have time to, to kind of mess mm-hmm. around. It's the same thing we do for TV and yeah. movies now. We don't have time to watch crap. We don't want to waste our time with that. That's why we wait yeah. to see if something's good. We, we wait to see if like what the reviews are. We wait to see kind of, we wait, basically well, wait. So with podcasting, it's the same thing. You want to wait and see what other people are saying yeah. or that kind of thing, or you don't want to just take a chance on it if it doesn't look great. Well, as I said on a previous podcast, one of the things that I, that surprised me about this year is that students fill out that form for me, favorite, least favorite media. Yeah. And the most blanks are in least favorite because there isn't that much anymore. And I sort of longed for the day and I think in most houses, dad had the remote control for the TV. That was the one screen <laughs> man, I in wish the house. Those still, remember those yeah, days? Yeah, I remember. Man, I, I yeah. would love to have yeah. that be the case now, whereas my yeah. kids dominate my TV and I have a hard time. Yeah. I just want to watch the hockey game, guys. Come on. Back in the day, it was like, <laughs> dad wants to watch this and you're watching this. That's right. And yep. if you don't like it, here's a book you can read. That's right. And, exactly. Uh, and, uh, you, and you're like, no, I'll watch what he's watching. And so you'd watch That's Jeopardy. why I watched the Edmonton Oilers win yes. the Stanley Cup five times. Right. When I was a kid, Oilers, uh, uh, Jeopardy. Yeah, my, um, mom, my mom was a Jeopardy fan, yeah. but yeah, we watched that for sure. Oh, and uh, and um, news, uh, probably six times a night. Yeah, yeah, and lots, lots of world, of lots of for my dad, oh. it was lots of World War II documentaries yeah. and that kind of stuff. CBC Entertainment as well, lots yep. of CBC, lots of CBC game shows back in the day, and so you you had a really good and talk about uh, never have to watch anything you don't like. There's 13 channels. So and that's how I like to point out Night Rider was on the air 13 seasons and the only way that that works is if there's nothing to choose from <laughs> it's a when show Knight about Rider a talking car right yeah with exactly. David Hasselhoff and his evil twin Garth oh also, yes also played by David Hasselhoff right I forgot about that and they that. were like give us more of that nobody wanted more of that but they held they held us hostage and whereas now, now we have a choice we have a, not yeah. only do we have a choice of shows we also have a choice of, of watching methods so we can watch it on our phones we can yeah. watch it on our computers we can watch it any where we are, if we're on the bus, we can watch it. That kind of thing. I've been watching The Irishman on the bus. I have to confess. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You've been watching The Irishman on the bus. What's his name? But I'm just like, I don't have time for this. It's such a freaking long movie. I'm yeah. just going to watch it in pieces on the bus as I'm going home. It's about just, a half hour bus ride. Just the way Martin Scorsese wants. Well, you. hey, is is this cinema, Marty? Come on, like he's the one who criticized the Marvel movies for not being cinema. I'm watching it on my phone on the bus, so this is what you get for going with Netflix, Marty. All right. Well, it's a t- and I, as I've said, I believe I might have missed out on the, when I watched The Irishman. It just didn't really resonate with me. Still that not much. resonating with me. I'm like really well, struggling to get through it still. But as I say, Martin Scorsese's brand name is so big. I question my own. No, don't. Your instinct myself. is true. You're, uh, you're, am I a zombie? Have I well, stopped? We'll have one more episode where we talk about our picks yeah. for the Oscars in a couple weeks, so we'll do that for sure. But um, yeah. one podcast I want to uh, kind of give a shout out as being not what I thought it was. I think it's important for podcasts to kind of deliver on their premise, right? And and that's the that's the one thing is that 
Um, there's this podcast I found called This Movie Changed Me. Oh, and I, I, thought, I know of that. Yeah, I yeah. thought it looked it seemed like a really good premise. The idea is that they get on a person, they have A.O. Scott, they have um, Amy S. Choi, there's a bunch of different um, people on here. Uh, what else do they have? Uh, Scott Oliver, The Big Lebowski. So these people like talk about their, oh, David Green and uh, Star Wars. Okay, this is the first episode of Star Wars, uh, New Hope. And so um, David Green, who's co-host of a morning show on NPR, goes on there to talk about it, how it changed his life. Now, my issue with it is that, first of all, they give a summary of the movie for those who haven't seen it. I freaking hate that. If I'm not, if I haven't not seen that movie, I'm yeah. not listening to that podcast. I'm yeah. sorry, but I'm not going to listen to every single movie. You, you know, you have to have the conversation after you've seen the movie, not before. This is not a promotion for Star Wars. And by the way, who hasn't seen freaking Star Wars? Give me a break. So yeah. <laughs> that one, I, that one, I didn't. And even when, like, the one I found interesting, the most interesting one was A.O. Scott, who picked, oh, yeah. who picked uh, Ratatouille, um, yes. which is one of my favorite. Like, it wasn't like when it came out, Ratatouille mm-hmm. was not a great. I didn't think it was a great movie, but upon repeated viewings with my kids, I really grew to love that movie, and it is a really good movie, but it t- took a while for me to get there. But that's like one of the most interesting episodes on yeah. that. Every, everything else just kind of falls flat for me. Yeah. So there's like, one that I, I've not really loved to listen to. I always like hearing A.O. Scott talk about movies or write about movies. It's always really good. And in fact, I tweeted uh, a shout-out uh whatever his last book was. I can't think of the title, but I tweeted that out and he liked the tweet. Oh, that's awesome. So one of love those. When, love when they get that attention. What else, you, what else are you listening to in your podcast? Oh, what else am I listening to? I, I like, there's one a Canadian one called The History of the 90s, which is great. It's by Curious mm-hmm. Cast, which is um, a chorus radios uh, uh, podcasting suite of mm-hmm. uh, things. So there's, I like that one because it talks about things that are relevant to um, like they talked about the O.J. Simpson verdict. I really enjoyed that episode. I ta- I, I tweeted about this. I said I was working at an Arby's in a food court when I found out about the O.J. Simpson verdict. This person was a reporter outside the courthouse, and I really like that. So that's been a fun one. Um, what else? Chasing Cosby. Um, Dear Hank and John, I still enjoy. That's the one from the the Vlog Brothers, and it's kind of a question and answer one. That they're they're mm-hmm. very very funny. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Continues to be really good. Uh, oh, I didn't notice that this year, this week he has Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, who are probably there promoting Shit's Creek. Oh yeah, they are. They're, they're, but that's a junket. Yeah. But I don't care in that case because yeah. it's Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, and I feel like and Conan. The one thing that comes across in all of Conan's stuff is that he is absolutely loves comedy, every yeah. aspect of comedy, and he's a huge comedy nerd, and he'll just talk to anybody. So when the topic is comedy, he had um, who was it? Uh, uh, shoot. Former senator from Saturday Night Live. Well, I can't think of his name. Al Franken. Yeah, Al Franken was on. And that was a great episode because all they did was talk about Saturday Night Live. They didn't talk about – he's like – and even at the beginning of the episode, he's like, I talked to Al Franken about his being mm-hmm. a senator and stepping away and blah, blah, blah. That whole thing that happened with him. If you want to hear that interview, go watch my show, like his TV yeah. show. This one we just talked about comedy, and I love that they just talked about comedy Saturday Night Live. The, the failed sketches that didn't get, that didn't make the cut, stuff like yeah. that. Really, really funny stuff. So that's what I really like about Conan O'Brien uh, needs a friend. Now, do you have another one you want to talk well, about? Well, I I just loaded it to see what I'm listening to, and there's there's some interesting stuff actually. Like one of the ones that I pick and choose is the Rolling Stone uh, uh, podcast called Music Now. Okay, and this is what I like about it. Sometimes, sure enough, like here's our best songs of the year, and you just sit there and going, "What the hell is this crap that they've selected for me?" Um, but then this week, the life and music of Neil. Neil uh, Pert from Rush. Oh, Pert, as I was told. 
Oh, I've, I say part. I say pert. I, I say pert. I, I, I like I, nobody knows. I, no, no, no. Yeah. This is apparently the way you say it. Pert. As I walked in, I was working at CJB the day he uh, yeah. uh, died, and, or not the day he died. The day it was announced that he had died, and uh, immediately I walked in and I said, "Oh, it's so sad to hear about Neil Pert." And then immediately someone chimed up, "It's Pert." Uh, so that's that's a radio station. Well, that for person you. is full of shit. Wow. So you, you uh, might be listening to this podcast if. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, student. I mean that person <laughs> is a learned, knowledge-filled individual. Sure. 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 Anyway, um, yeah. So you go on. You're so, Rolling so, Stone. So they have an interview with him uh, talking about drumming for Rush, and it's, just, it's so good. Like I'm halfway through it, and I was like, "Wow, this is way better than I thought it would be." Um, and so it's an old interview, obviously, because he passed away. But this, uh, the guy on the podcast, actually spent time watching Rush rehearse for their what turned out to be their last tour. So that's really good. Cool. And then there's ones like that just make me die laughing, like Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. <laughs> um, and it's to me, it's always funny. And he asks everybody about um, the size of Mil- Milton Berle's penis to try to get finally find out how big exactly is this thing. I heard a, I heard a story about that on a different podcast. Someone, yeah. someone, I can't remember where I heard that, but yeah, apparently he used to just whip it out for people. Well, he did apparently, and it was, and he's famous for it. And uh, then there's another one where Caesar Romero, who played the Joker, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Gilbert Gottfried said, "Is it true that he liked?" He goes, "He's heard that he liked to drop his pants and have men dressed as sailors <laughs> throwing." slices of orange at his ass <laughs> he's like is this true and anybody who ever worked with him he asked the question and they're like nah, i don't know <laughs> but he's so he's but got Gil- gilbert yeah. goffrey is the king of uncomfortable comedy like he is very very funny when he's being completely inappropriate oh yeah uh, that's his brand and he was on an episode of one of my favorite youtubers the angry video game nerd did had yeah. him on and he- just hilarious, and there are moments where, like, the guy, the host of the show, is just cracking up because he can't stay in character because Gilbert Gottfried is so funny. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I admit I'd never listened to that one. You have mentioned it a few times. I'll have to give that a, ch- a chance. For it's sure. wild and yeah. wacky, yeah. and as I say, I burst out laughing a few times per podcast. And then I also um, Ad Week has a podcast called Yeah, that's probably an ad. Okay, and that's where I get my what's going on in the ad oh, industry that's cool. in the U.S. ad industry, right? Which is something that we're not we're sort of outside of that. So it's nice to hear sort of what's going on. So there's there's lots of stuff like that that I that I listen to, and there's stuff piling up. Um, and I also want to say Jake Johansson has a podcast, and what I like about it, it's called Jake This. He's a comedian, and uh, what I like is he's a reluctant podcaster. Okay, he's a guy who vanishes for long stretches of time, and then comes back. He's like, I know, I sh- I should have done a podcast. I never did one, but uh, okay. I should have done one. He's like, I just got sick of being online, so I took some time off. Like, okay. but uh, when so when it comes up, and I see a new one popped up today, so when it comes up, I really enjoy it. It's so, always good. He's a thoughtful, funny comedian, and it's uh, he's a safe for anybody comedian. He's not a. Uh, he's a family-friendly comic. Let me put it that Speaking way. Speaking of advertising, I was going to ask you about advertising and podcasts. Yeah. And who's oh. who's doing it well? Who's not doing it well? And what is the best way? Because it seems that nobody still still nobody knows how to effectively advertise mm-hmm. on a podcast. And I get more people who are upset with it and skip it than yeah. ones who actually say they enjoy it. Well, it's a the problem is is that podcasts are like magazines. It's niche subject matter. The subject matter should match the the uh, content for uh, the ad content yeah. should match the the podcast content. So when I listen to Rebel Force Radio, I hear the ad. I think it's, it might be his wife's business, Debbie's Cakes or whatever. Okay. Okay. So I hear that and I'm like, well, does she have any cakes in the shape of Chewy? 
I'd be more interested. Well, she must. I mean, if her husband is a Star Wars podcaster, right? You but think? That, well, I think, but I might have this wrong. But it's also is it like an on, again, is it an on like delivery of these cakes online, or what's the audience for this? Is it like LA based? I skip it. See that? Oh, there you go. That's, that's proving my point. <laughs> yeah. But here's the other problem. So you have either that, or then you have the mass. Advertiser, well, stamps.com, dollar ca- shape, Club. Ma- yeah. yeah, yeah, all the online yeah, yeah, services, yeah. all those things are are huge. They feel like that's a bed because if they yeah. figure that they're just going to blanket everybody, like yeah. uh, 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 Squarespace is a huge one, they're just going to blanket every person who you, they figure that if you listen to podcasts, you're a user of the internet, yeah, which is probably true because podcasts are more kind of a, I mean. It, I think more still. older people are still not quite as into the podcast as the younger people, but it's yeah. getting there. It's getting there. But yeah, like, but those again, a lot of those services for us in Canada don't aren't relevant because we can't order those services here in Canada. There are a number of Canadian ones. HelloFresh is a Canadian meal service that that will deliver in Canada. And Mailchimp. I hear, I hear a number of ads for that. Um, but the problem with it is that now it's either they front load it, so the first ten minutes of the podcast is all ads. Right, Joe Rogan. Right, and uh, the dollop is another one. I don't ever listen to the first ten minutes of the dollop because it's just ads. Or they stop midway through and do their ad breaks. My brother, my brother and me, is, is famous for this. They call it the money zone. Mm. They're like, let's go into the money zone, and they play a little bit of music, and it's a full segment. Conan O'Brien, I think, still does a pretty good job of being very, very funny while he does his ad reads. Like he's kind of mm-hmm. made that his thing when it comes to podcasts. So he's he's great off the cuff. He's got a great kind of improvisational uh, sense of humor. And he'll poke fun at a lot of the things, even some of the copy. This is one from MeUndies where he uh, he basically the script told him that a gift card, a MeUndies gift card would make a great Christmas present. And he's like, mm, I don't think so, MeUndies. Like, he actually kind of calls him yeah. out on that, which is funny. And I guess the sponsor doesn't care that he's no, doing that. they don't care. So so that's kind of good. But there's for every one of those that I actually enjoy listening to, there are like 10 ones that are just crap. Yeah. They're either they're just straight up reading the script for money. Which is right now, anybody, as long, if you have the listeners, they'll just pay you to read a script for whatever, right? So it doesn't matter what the product is. And I don't think they're taking the time to match up the product with the with the audience of the podcast necessarily. Right. So there's a bit of that. And it's it's frustrating for me. I like that it's differenti- differentiating itself from like the traditional advertising of a 30-second ad and that kind of stuff. But it's still like not even close to where it needs to be as far as like good good advertising. But there, it's a, there's also a, an air of desperation about it sometimes, like where you hear... Like Star Wars podcasters being like, please, please buy this. Our survival depends on it. Please. Right. All that stuff. Nobody and, wants to and hear that. You no, know, and it's so baggy. It's so terrible to listen to. Yeah. And that's why, actually, Jake Johansson, no ads. Well, He's just a dude doing his podcast. And that's that's that that always works. But uh, my guess is you could run an ad on the Jake Johansson podcast. But here's the thing. What comedian wants to go out there and sell ad space? And that's the other problem. Well, and some of these larger, like the one yeah. from the um, the pod, the Cosby one, is an LA Times podcast. Right. So the LA Times has an advertising department that they're selling the ad yeah. space. And for them, what they do is it's very abrupt. It's like doesn't even there's no transition music or anything. It goes right from the narrative of the podcast into an ad for financial services or something like that. And I'm not, I mean I'm noticing some of the clientele changing a bit. So Conan actually had an ad for Kit Kat, like. Try a KitKat or for cars, an Audi, and he does different things. It's not just about online services. So I think that's kind of interesting that he's choosing different products to to discuss. But, yeah, this one in the Cosby uh, podcast is very abrupt. It's like, boom, before you know it, you're listening to the ad. It's the mm-hmm. same person who, like, the narrator of the episode is also the same person reading the ad. So you barely notice. And it's only one ad, and that's it. It's like one minute tops, and then they're back into the content. So there's a mm-hmm. bit of that. I don't think you can over... 
I mean, I guess you could make a lot of money if you put more and more advertising in there, but people just get, turns them off. Generally speaking, if you're going to front load your podcast or even pause in the middle of the podcast and read 10 minutes worth of ads, nobody's going to stick around for that. People yeah. get people get upset about it. That's right. So something to, to keep in mind as we fight off our sponsors. Guess, just kidding. We have no sponsors. We've but never, that's good. We've, we've never had that problem. Uh, yeah, no, is, for the purposes of our podcast, it's fine. We just do this for fun. Yeah. We like the conversation. We have a we have an audience that's that's kind of stayed the same uh, yeah. size over. But I would argue, argue that people come and go yeah. from our podcast. Sure, they do. Yeah, I don't, I'd be curious to know if there's anybody out there who's been listening to us from the beginning. Chris Schiffman. Well, except for Chris Schiffman, he's a hoarder. I understand. <laughs> Let's not get into it. <laughs> no. And he'll tweet us about every, that comment right. every podcast. Every podcast. He'll send us a DM. Our most um, loyal person is the one we insult. That's how. But we also have him on the show occasionally. Yeah, so. that's true. And where we insult him in person. <laughs> that's just kidding. We what don't. What do you think about the audio dramas? That's seeing a big resurgence in podcast form. Uh, that's not for me. Not for you? No, no. no. Okay. I, why do you listen to Well, them? I've listened to a few. There was a Wolverine one that was really good. It was the mm-hmm. first Marvel-based podcast. Um, and there's just a number of different ones out there. I just like that it's coming back and it's yeah. being like kind of revitalized. 10, 10, 15 years ago, the only place you would hear audio dramas would be on CBC in mm-hmm. Canada. Like there was just nowhere else playing them. And now there's a lot. Audible is creating its own original content. Um, that's basically audio dramas that you can get through an Audible subscription. Hmm. So there's something they're going for there. And as well, we're seeing, I just read an article the other day saying that Apple is looking at converting some, not converting, but readapting some of its original series from the wildly successful Apple TV Plus. And that's sarcasm because it's not. Um, well, it got but, nominated for well, a lot it did, of... Well, it did get... Yeah. The new, the, whatever that one, the, the news morning room, show. The morning show. Sorry, the news yeah. uh, That was a different one. Uh, that was nominated, but they're talking about making that into a podcast form as well. Uh, so taking like a television show and okay. adapting it to podcasts. We've also seen some podcasts get adapted into television shows. Dirty John is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lore is another one that's been created from a podcast. So what do you think about that idea, about converting these from one medium to another? That's fine as long as they come up with something that allows us to promote our podcast within the podcast app. Wouldn't that be good? What do you mean? Like uh, an algorithm that where we can pay, we can pay Apple to feature our podcast. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they curate that. I think it's just people curating, like just picking and choosing. That would be a nice... Platform. It would be nice. It would also be nice yeah. to be able to see uh, if people are willing to identify as being a local podcast. I would like to see like a really yes. good listing of local podcasts because there's nothing out there that's really good. No. If you type in Winnipeg podcast, you get a bunch of podcasts that talk about Winnipeg, but those are like usually like 90% of them are about the Jets. Right. And, and usually, or churches. A lot of churches like to podcast their right. sermons. But um, but there's not something like you can't see like for us for example we don't like this is a media podcast we talk about lots of stuff we don't talk about Winnipeg's necessarily so we're not going to show up in that search engine no. kind of thing so I would love to see like I, I would happily put like location Winnipeg and then yeah. have a listing of all of the local podcasts here. I would love nothing more than that That'd that would be great. be great too and uh, once in a while the local paper will have a Local man likes pizza starts podcast article. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? So every once in a while in the free press, you'll get that article. But I think they're getting sick of that article because everybody can have a podcast. Right. So when when do you stop writing that article? Like sometime you have to decide we're not writing any more articles about the local man who started unless a podcast. Unless it's a free press podcast, then they'll promote it like crazy. Yeah. And there's per- a couple of those. Yeah, potentially. And, so, yeah. And, that, and that's the other part of the problem is that anybody can start a podcast, so anybody does start a podcast. Right. And, the, and apparently the stat is like 80% of them don't make it past the first five episodes because – 
people don't stick with it. They don't get an audience right away and they become discouraged. Um, I'm guilty of contributing to that because I make students create two episodes of a podcast and have an entire group of students. So what, maybe 20 podcasts, uh, two two or three of them will continue on uh, into the next semester, maybe into the next year, uh, but not very many after that. So it's just, you know, I do, but I'm, I'm just teaching them how to use the platform. They, they learn how to record, edit, and post, and then that way they have those skills. If they go into a field where somebody wants to produce a podcast, they have the skills to do that. So yeah. that's that's my job. Anyway, all right, well, we'll, t- we'll table the discussion. We're getting close to the end of our time here, but I, I just kind of wanted to touch base and see where you're at with podcasting. I still love them. I, I do too. I still really enjoy them, but it's getting harder and harder for me to find good ones. And, yeah. of course, if anybody out there, if you have recommendations, please tweet at us and let us know uh, at Dan Vatabonker, at Kenton Larson, at Nerds underscore podcast on Twitter, or join our Facebook group link in the uh, podcast description. I was also going to say, I think I'm going to get my students to monitor. They have to write me an analytics report at some point. It's only 10 marks. So I thought one of the things I'd get them to do is monitor their media intake for six or seven days and I'll do it at the same time. Well, they're listening and to the I'll, radio right now. And I, we're listening to the radio because of my assignment. Right. But I but, make them do that stuff. Right. But so I'm letting I'm letting that go. Okay. When that's over, then I think maybe it's going to be because uh, the, the most recent Nielsen total audience report says that uh, Americans are connected to some kind of screen 11 hours a day. If oh, you wow. can believe it. Well, probably average, most of that so. is their phone, I would imagine. Yeah, that's right. That's... And that's included in that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Let's get to some recommendations for the week. What do you have for us? Now I sort of believe that maybe I should do a podcast recommendation. So I'm going to do that. And it is the New York Times has a music podcast, a new one. Everyone knows about the Daily, uh, their news podcast, but they have a music one called Popcast. Oh, And okay. it's very good. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the discussion. Um, there was one on what is, uh, what's going on in jazz in 2020. I was like, well, how the hell would I know unless I listen to this podcast? (laughs) So there's uh, it's good as a music fan. I really enjoy it. So one more time, New York times podcast. I'm going to recommend something that's not a single media platform or media item, but it's more of a platform. Uh, I recently, uh, had got my Xbox and, and hooked up. You relent, you've lent me a few games for the Xbox, including the star Wars, uh, Jedi fallen order, which we'll talk about more in. Star Wars nerds, but in the process of getting that, so I bought an Xbox One, I hooked it up, I got a free trial for the Xbox Live. Now, you don't subscribe to Xbox Live because you don't do any of the online gaming stuff, right? Uh, I, in, over, uh, like, have I in the would, past. Like, we have in like, the past, but... Uh, well, okay. like I would do it if I had a like over the summer only. Yeah. If I had a game that warranted it, but yeah. it does not make financial sense for me during the school no, year. No, I agree, agree. Yeah. So, but I'm trying the free trial. The yeah. other thing I'm trying a free trial of is something called the Game Pass, which is an interesting mm-hmm. uh, concept that's becoming more and more popular. PlayStation has a version of this. Apple has a version of this, and basically what it is, it's a monthly subscription fee, ten bucks a month or something like that. And for that, you get access to more than a hundred games, and it increases every week, and you can just download and play those games as much as you want mm-hmm. for a single subscription fee. And I, my kids love it because they can just pick and choose games. A lot of them are smaller little games that are not like these big, massive, like the Star Wars game is a big, massive game. But Battlefront 2 is on there. Oh, I also mm-hmm. have the EA version of it. EA, EA has a version of it as well. Ours is $4.99 a month, but again, I'm in the free trial right now. And EA has a lot of sports games, but mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Nobody wants anything other than the most recent version of a sports game, right? They want the most recent rosters. So they have the, but they don't have that. They have like, right now they have NHL 2019, whereas the most recent game is 2020. So they have the last version of it, which is still pretty close. So played a bit of that, but they also have Battlefront 2 on there and mm-hmm. Battlefront, the first one. 
um, and some other Star Wars games as well. But I really like the idea of just paying that one monthly fee, and you can get it by the year, so it's maybe 80 bucks a year if you pay for the whole year at once. That's the price of one game. And for yeah. that price, you can get a bunch of games um, not free, but it's like net, it's the Netflix of video games, and right. I think it's working really well for us. In mm-hmm. my house, where I have kids who all have different tastes in games and want to try different things, that's working for us. So mm-hmm. I would recommend anybody who's maybe thinking about doing an Xbox to, to pick up one of those and, uh, and try that out. I awesome. think it's a lot of fun. Uh, and I've been playing, what are some of the games I've been playing on it? Human Fall Flat, which is fun. Untitled Goose Game. They're very simple games. Like There's like mm-hmm. the Untitled Goose Game. You're basically a goose. Going, it's a British, it's a British game, so you're kind of in an old British garden kind of scenario, mm-hmm. and you have to do different tasks, like make the make the neighbor hit his. You have to honk at the time where he's about to hit a, a hammer down on a sign. Make him hit his thumb with the hammer. Do specific. It's really fun. So there's lots of fun games on that. And again, it's all older stuff. They would be the equivalent of what you would get as the discount. Like you know, what do they call them? The the famous titles like the uh, the classics or whatever those things you you get them for cheaper. Oh, uh, right? yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's what I would recommend. Uh, I don't have cool. a specific game in there. I am enjoying the Fallen Order, but we will talk about yeah, that more. That's a Star Wars nerds topic. Yeah, oh, yeah. So much to talk about. We'll get into that probably next week on Star Wars nerds. Have you ever played a game called What Remains of Edith Finch? No. Okay, I wrote it down. I saw a positive review for it uh, saying, this is not just a game. It is art. Oh, and and uh, but it, but it was an older review. It's an older game. I, I don't know anything about it. Maybe somebody knows and they can tell us whether All it's right, good or there not. You go. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. <laughs>